chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 26. When you have it, say, Amen. Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. I know somebody is thinking or saying, here we go again. Every time pastor reads Galatians and every time he talks about the fruit of the spirit, he's going to talk about long suffering. Well, our subject for this morning is temperance. You may be seated. Our subject this morning is temperance. Temperance falls under the word of temper and temperature. Temperance means self-restraint. A temper is a state of mind, emotion, or mood. We all live in a world and a time of emotions and moods. Can y'all agree to that? Whether we are cool, calm, and collective, or hot, angry, and irritable. So as we live and move and have our being, our state of mind is one or the other. Temperature is the hottest and coldest body or environment. When it comes to the weather, some of us would like it to be always warm. Others prefer cool temperatures. Anything too high or low is uncomfortable to the body. In each of our homes, and even in this church, we have a thermostat. This thermostat controls the temperature. If it becomes too hot, you turn it down. If it becomes too cool, you turn it up. And with all of us having different temperatures, you can never get it set where you want it. So we compromise. But this keeps it comfortable in your house. And you can say you can stay cool and calm 
and collective in your state of mind, no matter what the temperature is outside or no matter what is going on, nothing affects you because you have control by that thermostat. You allow that thermostat to control the temperature in the house and, and it's, it's automatic. So you don't have to keep going to it. If things change, it automatically changes for you. So you can stay comfortable in the house. As God's children, we need to stay in the house. Somebody know what I, how many know what I'm talking about? That means we need to stay in the word and not the world. Because in the world, the temperature changes. Now, just so we know what a thermostat is or does, a thermostat is a device as in a heating system or appliance that senses temperature changes and activates switches to control it. The word of God is our thermostat. The spirit of God senses the temperature change. And depending on what's going on, the spirit activates the word of God in us. So our temperature is under control. But notice I said in us. If you don't have the word in you, you don't have no thermostat. And it cannot be activated. And, and our temper will not cause harm to our inner man as long as we allow the Spirit of God to operate that thermostat. In case of a power outage, the Holy Spirit is our generator. Everybody does not have a generator like we do. You notice in John 14, 17, it said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Regardless of how the world reads the word, without the Spirit of God, their thermostat is not connected. How I many? What good is a thermostat if it ain't working? What good is it if you've got the Bible in your house and you don't read it? So many people have these big old kind of Bibles right here, sitting someplace, collecting dust. The pages still stick. But you got to take that word and open it up. You got to read it, underline it, break it down, understand it, and live it. The verse, verse 26 in, in John 14 said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. It is God's spirit that knows what is needed. Amen. When temperatures change outside your body. He knows. And he knows what is needed when things change inside your body. Amen. <laughs> For what man knows the things of a man? Say the spirit of man, which is in him. 
Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So as your temperature changes, the Spirit of God can sense the change and can adjust the temperature if you allow him. So as things happen, God's Spirit will help you. How many are, we need some help? As, as Solomon said, I lift mine eyes to the hills for with cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. But so many people in the world is looking for their help to come from somebody else. John also tells us that the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. So I need the word to know how to be led and guided. When we look and talk about temperance, we are talking about having control over the natural man. Me. I can't control you. I need to control me. And I need the truth, the word of God in me and the spirit of God to lead me and guide me, which is also in me. That I may have temperance. Let's, let's look at two different accounts where God shows mercy. Turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 13. First King chapter 13, starting at verse 1. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah, by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jerobeam stood by the altar to burn incense. Jerobeam had ordained a feast and was performing the service himself and had burned incense at the same altar on which the sacrifice had been offered. Both him and the man of God were at the same altar. First, People do a lot of things in church. They do a lot of things in the name of the church and shouldn't. Things which have nothing to do with worshiping God in spirit and truth. Just like the altar has its purpose, God's house has its purpose. But in verse 2 it says that he cried, that is the man of God, against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, both a child shall be born into the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and the men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. So what is happening, while Jerobeam and his attendants were performing their religious rites. With boldness, the man of God cried against the altar. While they carried out their sacrifices, the man of God addressed himself to the altar and not to the worshipers. He denounced and condemned the destruction of what they were doing. Verse 3 says, And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar... Shall he rent, shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. 
Meaning, while you are burning, what you are burning is good for nothing. It is not acceptable. This judgment inflicted upon Jerobium and what was told intimidated him. Jerobium needed temperance at this point. Anybody in authority, if you think about it, or, or in charge, needs to have humility and exercise temperance. Having pride in your authority can cause a lack of temperance. And what we see with people in authority today, they have no temperance at all. Amen. They just do what they got to do. This can cause the natural man to do something stupid. And that's what we see happening today. Things stupid. Amen. Position and power does not give you the right to have your own control over your own thermostat. Look at verse 4. And it came to pass when King Jerobeam heard the saying of the man of God, which he had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar. Let me stop right there. How many have heard it said over and over again, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath? Anybody heard that somewhere? Or how many know it is important to hear a matter out? You see, in the Old Testament, they were told, touch not his anointed and do his prophet no harm. But let's see what happened to the haste of the king. Again, and it came to pass when King Jerobeam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand which he put forth against him dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. It dry, you, you go to, and it, it just dry up. See, all I can do is imitate pulling my hand back, but it's a, it dried up. I mean, dried up ain't good. That's just like, you know, you know what a dried banana is? Okay, imagine a banana and then a dried banana. Dried, no life. When you are in your flesh, when you are not allowing the Spirit of God to have control, you can lose your temper. Y'all remember that clip? You about to lose your job. You about to lose... You about to lose your temper. You about to lose your temper. That ain't good. Things people do can cause you to lose your temper. And if you lose your temper, you can lose your job. But allow the Spirit of God to control your temper by the Word of God. This will allow you to keep and prevent any part of your body from getting withered. Did you know some people get stressed and get old before they time because they will not listen to what the Spirit of God is telling them? Let it go. Don't worry about it. Forget about it. Anybody heard that? Huh? It, it, it ain't always, it ain't always 
a small, still voice. It can be a brother or sister. Parents. Your children. Next thing you know, your hair is falling out. You're getting highs on your body and can't figure out what it is. You can't sleep. You're sleeping too much. You won't eat. You're eating too much. These things can cause you to lose control. Let's look at what God did. Look at verse 5. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and, and said, unto him, said unto the man of God, Entreat now thy face of the Lord, thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. Remember, his hand was dried up. He couldn't use it. It was useless. Good for nothing. I would listen to some definitions of hand. An assistant or help. An assistant or help. Manual labor. A member of a group. Involvement or participant. So how can you be of any help or how can you function if you, if you are any of these in the body? If you're found this way, how can you help somebody? How can you function if you're all withered up? You are receiving the word of God for life that you can live and move out of your belly should flow rivers of living water, but if it's Withered up, how can you help somebody? But the king suddenly found humility. Entreat means to make an earnest request or plea. Paul says, I beseech ye, brethren, or I plead unto you, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I'm begging you. Present your body, not withered. A living, not a dead sacrifice. Holy and not unholy. Acceptable, not unacceptable. Can't even get it out of my mouth. Y'all know what I'm, y'all know how to act. Paul was entreating us that we may be a helping hand as we are meant to be. Amen. Now back to verse 6. It says. And the man of God besought the Lord. And the king's hand was restored him again. And became as it was before. You see the mercy of God. Even when we don't do what we are supposed to do. We have still. Got the mercy of God. Did he make a believer out of him or what? All we have to do ourselves, if we find ourselves in a state that we should not be in, all we need to do is humble ourselves and repent. And God is so merciful that he does show us that mercy, that forgiveness, 
and restore us. We, 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 we call it backsliding. There are so many folks that have backslid. When I say backslid, they quit coming to church. They quit reading their word. And God shows them mercy. But, you know, if you just think about what, what Sister Bridget was saying, a lot of you can be sitting up here every Sunday and backslid. The question was presented, why are you here? If you are here for the wrong reason, you can change that right now. Amen, amen. And the mercy of God is here. So, after his hand was restored, the king said this. And the king said unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. Oh, don't that sound good? Give me a reward. Oh, yeah. Do you know that as pastors, all they're looking for is a reward? They're looking to get paid and all the different things that come along. And the man of God said unto to the king, If thou will give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. I ain't going. Why? For, for so was it charged me by the Lord. By the word of the Lord saying, eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. I have given you instructions personally. Do not go with this man. Don't eat. Don't drink. Don't go in his house. How many of us have actually turned back and went someplace we didn't have no business going? Amen, amen. But we still saw his mercy. Yes, thank you, Lord. Now, I'm going to let you read on to what, what went on, but I, I'm going to just put it this way. He ended up going back. See, the Lord told him not to. But then somebody else came and, and said, well, the Lord told me to tell you. No. The Lord been talking to me personally all along, so why am I going to listen to you? And he went back. If God is telling you and you hear the voice of God and you know the voice of God and somebody comes and tells you something opposite of what God has told you, guess what? Don't listen. Don't go. I don't care how good it sounds. Do you, you know, if the Lord tells me, preach the gospel, live by what comes to you, and somebody comes along and says, if you come with me, I'll help you triple. No. That's how a lot of individuals get messed up. Because they're not listening to the thermostat is in their house. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at another situation. Because see, saints, it's better obey God than man. And, and I, I got to say this. I, I mean, it, it come back to me. In my, in my youthful days, uh, 
a pastor came to me because he asked me to preach at his church and pastor came to me he said he said you know pastor God told me that you be my assistant so oh, praise God you know, who, what, what little young minister wouldn't want to be an assistant but I share with him you know when God speaks to me and tells me that I'm supposed to be your assistant, then I'll be your assistant. But God ain't said nothing to me. And a lot of people run and have not been sent. But let's move on. John chapter 18. John 18 started 18. And the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals where it was cold and they warmed themselves and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Now in this situation, before they took Jesus, Peter cut a man's ear off. Now, his thermostat wasn't where it's supposed to be. But Jesus put it back. And then they took Jesus away. Now, I mean, just in your mind. Peter pulled a sword out and sliced the man's ear off. Now, you know, that, that, that's something to think about. But Jesus, he had to stoop down, pick the ear up, and put it back on. That's instant surgery. Huh? No, no anesthesia. Huh? Didn't have no gloves on. I mean, if it hit the ground, it had to be some dirt on it or something. We just put it back on. Always what? He, he came from the dirt, right? But that's, that's what Peter did. So they took Jesus away. Peter followed to see what they would do. I mean, Peter, Peter, I mean, he was, Peter was Peter. And some of y'all out there are Peter too. Lacking temperance. Y'all preach with me. Verse 19. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Now what I see here, he was examining the teaching and trying to get Jesus to turn on his disciples. Christ not only defends his cause, but also shows he was being condemned, but he was innocent. In verse 20, Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogues and in the temple, whether the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why ask thou me? Ask them which heard me why I, what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. If Jesus had done wrong or taught in error, 
It would have been easily to prove because everything Jesus did was in the open. Nothing in secret. Now let's, let's see again the mercy of God. Verse 22, and when he hath thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, answer thou the high priest. It's amazing when, when, a, when a person has a little authority or a badge, how they can get, how they can so easily forget or, or develop an unnecessary temper and do crazy. Do crazy. What if at that point God would have withered his hand. Uh, you, you, you standing in a, just because you got a little authority, you're going to smack. See, we ain't talking about the man of God. We're talking about smacking Jesus. God's only begotten son. And you said, you're going to smack him? What if? At the award academy, Will Smith's red hand got withered. <laughs> they would have done the same thing the king did. They would have got humble in a hurry. It wouldn't have took three or four days to, to ask for forgiveness. Or I was wrong. Or I resigned. Now, here it comes. Here's what you've been waiting on. In order to perfect temperance, it takes long suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some of y'all knew it was coming. With temperance comes long suffering. With temperance, there is endurance. Along with temperance comes patience. Temperance is knowing how to have control. In other words, listen to your thermostat. Allow him to keep your room set on the right temperature. Let's look at 2 Peter. Chapter 1. Starting with verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to the glory and virtue. You see, by Christ, we have the complete knowledge of the doctrine of the gospel. By life and godliness, we may understand a godly life. Eternal life as the end and godliness as the way to it. By this knowledge, we have been provided with salvation and true religion. 
Verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, and the prophets, God promised to be their God to protect, support, and save them to give them what was called the promised land. The promise we have been given by Jesus is knowing the only true God and his son. Here and he will raise us up in the last day to live eternally with them in an incorruptible land. It's called a new heaven and a new earth. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, Virtue and to virtue knowledge. Add to what you believe moral excellence and righteousness. Add to what you believe goodness. And to your goodness and righteousness add knowledge. This is knowing and understanding. This is what you gain through experience. How many have learned by now in Christ you are going to experience some things? Not only are you going to, you've already experienced some things. Ain't that wonderful? Amen. Oh, that, that's, that's a good place for giving Jesus a hand clap off, ain't it? And it's quiet. And it's quiet. Verse 6 says, and to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. Add based upon what you have learned and experienced. Show some temperance and show some control. And be patient as you control yourself. Let's close with these last couple of verses. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For these things be in you and abound. They make you that ye shall neither be bare nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let the godliness and brotherly kindness and love be seen in you and through you as you speak and do. For if these things are operational, you will always show forth the character of God and Christ. But if not, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. With that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours. If you can, will you stand?